So seeing as I've already begun uh, dating myself, I'm going to date myself just a little bit more. Um, how many of you know what this is? Oh, put your hands up. It's good to be part of the 50-plus crowd. Oh, then there's some that are less than 50 that know what this is. World Book Encyclopedia. This was the, uh, the internet uh, prior to the internet. Uh, everything that you want to know about anything pretty much was in the World Book Encyclopedia and many, many living rooms uh, in, in, uh, among normal people had a set of um, World Book Encyclopedias and it was probably somewhere around, I don't know, 26 to 30 volumes of, uh, of books like this. Some of them were much thicker, some of them a little narrower, and, and they held, contained tons and tons and tons of information. Almost anything you wanted to know, almost as much as the internet has nowadays. I remember at one point, and I don't remember when, or I don't remember exactly why, but I, um, I was looking on this internet, and I was looking at the definition for the word, or the explanation for the word, Christmas. And so that's why I've got the right volume here today. It's the C to CH volume, and I'm going to open it up to the, to the page of Christmas. And I remember reading this, and uh, I might be old, but I still got a memory. Christmas is the happiest and busiest time of year for millions of Christians all over the world. Hmm. Happiest and busiest time of year for millions of Christians all over the world. I'm not sure how you feel about those two designations for Christmas. Um, checking your calendar might confirm the fact that, yes, indeed, it probably is one of the busiest times of the year. Um, check your, what would we say, check your heart. Is it also one of the happiest times of the year. Is there something particular about Christmas that actually elevates it above most other times of the year in the happy category? Is there something about Christmas that lifts your spirit? Is there something joyous about Christmas? Now, maybe you've taken note of the fact that actually in the last three questions that I asked you, I kind of made a bit of a transition. I moved from asking if Christmas was happy to asking if Christmas lift your spirits to asking if Christmas is a joyous time of year. I happen to believe that there is actually quite a significant difference between happy and, and joy. And we could probably spend a ton of time talking about that, but we do need to very quickly differentiate between the two uh, for the purpose of our message this morning. And so let me just uh, very quickly say it like this, and you can, of course, um, talk about this more and decide whether this is, is uh, accurate or not um, as you're having lunch together with your family or your friends. But here's how I would differentiate between the two. Um, let's just say for now, happy is a feeling that comes from the outside and is a result of your world being a good place. Uh, let's then transition over to joy and let me say that joy is a feeling that comes from the inside of you 
and is a result of your heart being in a good place. I hope that you caught a few of the significant differentiations between the two. We will, of course, be speaking mostly this morning about joy, but we will refer to happy on occasion to try to differentiate between the two. Two weeks ago, we began a little Advent series called Coming Home. And I began with Isaiah chapter 64, where the people, after kind of doing an objective assessment of where the world was at and what was going on around them, the people do this assessment, and after objectively assessing, they call out together, Oh, that you would burst from the heavens and come down. God, come down home and reveal your power. (coughs) Excuse me. Reveal your power and your glory and your majesty and save us from this world. Restore this world to the kind of place that you intended it to be all along. Or take us to a place where all is peace and joy and hope and love. Come and rescue us from the world. Last week, Mike took us on a little journey with a nice little medley of songs. Helped to reveal a significant truth when it comes to home. And that was that home is not so much about a location or a place as it is about being with someone. And in the context of what we're talking about, um, for those of us who believe in Jesus, joy is or home is more about being or wherever you meet with Jesus. That's where home is. Today our title is, Joy is our true home. Home is about something being right on the inside of you. Home is about a heart condition. And the heart condition that we're going to talk about today is joy. And because we just decided that joy is not dependent on outward circumstances, we can look around us and see all the things that we talked about two weeks ago, and we can see the darkness, and we can see death, and we can see and experience the struggles and the troubles, and while all of that is still, still very much real and very much a part of our lives or our world around us, we can be home because of joy, the joy that resides deep within our spirit and our soul. Now, Joy is mentioned several times in the original Christmas story, and so let me just kind of pluck those moments out of the overall Christmas story, and I'm going to try and make several statements about joy and Christmas. And I think all of these statements, uh, although they're true very much and taken out of the original Christmas story, I believe that they're also very accurate statements for throughout history and all the way into the world in which and, and the life in which you find yourself. And so, let me begin with this statement. Joy is a natural response to the presence of Jesus. Where do I get that from? Well, a a kind of a unique part of the Christmas story, actually. So, Mary has been told about her supernatural pregnancy. Her, Her world has kind of been turned upside down by this news 
we assume because of all the complications that this was going to cause for her in the society in which she lived and the life that she was planning, she, she needs to, at this very moment, just after she's been formed of her, of her unexpected pregnancy and her culturally uh, unaccepted pregnancy, she needs to get away for a little bit. And, and if you try and understand, it kind of makes sense. And so when she goes away, she goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth, and she's going to go and visit, not just visit Elizabeth, she's actually going to go and live with Elizabeth for, it says later, about a three-month period of time. And we kind of assume, it's not directly stated, it's kind of in between the lines, that, that she goes there to kind of collect herself, to try to understand and come to grips with what is actually going on, where did this come from, and how is this all going to work out. And so Mary comes to her cousin Elizabeth's house, Elizabeth, who actually is in the middle of a bit of a miracle pregnancy herself, she's actually much too old to have children, and she finds out that she's going to have a baby, and the baby's name is going to be John, who later becomes or is known as John the Baptist, the one that kind of prepares the way for, does the preliminary preaching for Jesus, to prepare people's hearts for Jesus. And so Mary comes to visit her cousin Elizabeth, and something very interesting Here's what Elizabeth says when Mary comes. Luke chapter 1, verse 42 to 44. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Elizabeth, to Mary, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for, for joy. First mention of joy in the original Christmas story. It's interesting to me because it seems like something very unique is going on. I'm not sure how much thought you have put into this in the past. I want to just reference something that it says in Romans chapter 8 verse 17. And I'm going to clarify this in just a moment, so stay with me. It says there, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So why I'm, I'm referencing that because, this, this is not weird, I, I don't fully understand this, I can't totally explain it to you, but there's communication that goes on between the Holy Spirit and my spirit without me consciously knowing exactly what's going on. Okay? You with me? There's communication that goes on between the Holy Spirit and my spirit without me always consciously knowing exactly what's going on. And that, to me, is what happens here. This is a very unique situation because it seems as though the baby that's inside of Mary's womb, so God, okay, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the baby inside, somehow the spirit of, of Mary's baby is communicating with the spirit of, um, of Elizabeth's baby, who's John, and, and John understands his through his spirit, he understands that he is in the presence of Jesus or God. And, and it's like that little baby already at that moment leaps for joy. And so my little conclusion out of that little story is that joy is a natural response from being in the presence of Jesus. I think it's a fair statement. And I think it's a legitimate statement. I think it makes sense. And I encourage you to give it some additional thought. 
Joy, maybe I should rather say it like this. Joy is a natural, supernatural response to being in the presence of Jesus. Joy is a supernatural response when my spirit realizes that I am in the presence of Jesus or the Holy Spirit. So, Elizabeth speaks these words, and, um, and Mary hears them, and if I'm kind of putting the picture together so that it, it makes sense to me, um, it seems as though Elizabeth speaking these words somehow brings another level of clarity to Mary's journey of trying to understand and come to grips with what is going on. And so Elizabeth speaks these words to Mary, and when Mary hears these words, she bursts into a song. And if you look in Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 46, this is where Mary begins this praise song that just comes out of her soul and out of her spirit, and it begins like this, My soul praises the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. My second statement is going to be, out of what I just finished reading, joy carries us through doubt and confusion. Joy carries us through doubt and confusion. This little reference here that Mary makes to the humble state of his servant, she's speaking about him herself. Now, we don't know where Mary is at exactly in her own personal journey of understanding exactly what is going on. We don't even know chronologically if Joseph already knows about this pregnancy or not. It's very possible that at this moment he doesn't yet know. Or it's also very possible that he does already know but he has not yet had the visit from the angel. We don't know that chronological order. But it seems very likely that at the very least, Mary is still, her trip to Elizabeth is motivated by a significant confusion and, 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 and lack of understanding about what exactly is all going on and how is this all going to work and what are all the implications of this and what is this going to do to the life that I thought I was going to have. And so all of this, it seems as though Mary is wrapped up in, in, a, in a kind of a cloud of, of confusion at this point. And in the middle of that, although her world is in total upheaval, in the middle of that, somehow, there is still an opportunity for her to burst forth with joyful song. Somehow, Mary can say, but God has got this. God has got this. This is his plan. I am part of his plan and that means that I get to praise and rejoice in him because he has got this. I'm amazed, I'm amazed how often doubt and confusion rob us of joy. It doesn't have to. See, I... 
I don't think we have to understand in order to be filled with joy. In fact, maybe, maybe if I have a need to understand in order for me to be filled with joy, then am I really talking more about being happy than being joyful? See, because being happy means that, that my world is in order. Being joyful means that my heart is in order. And so maybe actually being able to be joyful when it doesn't make sense more completely captures the definition of joy than being able to be happy or feel joyous when everything does make sense. Trust is not about understanding. Trust is about believing in and having faith in the one who knows. The one who does understand. And being able to say, that's enough. It's enough for me to be able to believe in the one who does understand. When I was a kid, I read a storybook called Dam Break in Georgia. Now, uh, dam meaning water, holding back water. Um, let me just quickly clarify that. Dam Break in Georgia. The story was about, um, uh, it happened in, in Georgia down in the U.S., how an earthen dam holding back an 80-acre lake, um, 187 feet above a valley, Suddenly, during the night, because of torrential downpour, suddenly that dam burst and sent a 30-foot wall of water down into the valley. And there was a beautiful little Bible college, actually, that was built right down in the, in the bottom of that valley. And this 30-foot wall of water came screaming through that campus in the middle of the night. And 37 people were killed and, and dozens and dozens more injured. It happened in 1977 in Tacoa Falls, Georgia. And the book shares many different details about the different families that were involved in this tragedy. And, um, and one in particular, again, that, uh, that has stuck with me through all these years, a lady by the name of Pat Sproul was her name, um, in that tragic night lost her husband and all three of her children. And, and her testimony was this, I've lost everything. I don't know if I'll ever be happy again, but there is joy. God gives me joy, and there is a difference. And so my second statement simply is that joy carries us through doubt and confusion. And I think I can add hurt and pain and suffering. Then maybe the most clear message from God that the big picture intent of sending Jesus to earth as a baby is all about joy is the message of the angels to the shepherds. And we've jumped into Luke chapter 2, uh, starting with verse 8. The angel said to the shepherds, Do not be afraid, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Not just joy, but great joy. News of great joy for everyone, for men and women and boys and girls and rich and poor and happy and sad and old and young and red and yellow, black and white. I hope that's still politically correct. Uh, and that 
this news is for everyone. This great joy news is for everyone. What is the great joy news? The angel goes immediately into that after having introduced this as being for everyone. Here's the news. Today, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. That's it. That's the news. True joy is about understanding the big picture. Now let me explain what I mean with that. Um, we just decided that true joy is not dependent on understanding the little details, and I'm, I'm, still, I'm still holding to that. But I am saying that I believe true joy is dependent on us understanding the, the big picture. It's dependent on me understanding the world's dilemma. The world's problem. It's dependent on me being able to grasp that the world has a huge problem and seeing Jesus as Savior for the world's problem. Eight years ago, I was in the Philippines and I got to fly into a jungle village in the remote part of the Philippines. One of my friends, a missionary pilot, uh, did me the favor of honor, whatever, of flying me into this little little uh, remote village. And uh, we come in there with this little plane and we land on a 900-foot runway that's kind of carved out of the side of a mountain. We come screeching to a halt just in time before we run off the other end of the runway. I could make it more dramatic, but... Uh, but the most amazing part of the story to me was not about the flight, not about the landing... Um, physically, that was pretty cool. Uh, but then we got to visit for a little bit with the, uh, the missionary. The missionary that had been there for a little over 20 years. And I got to visit with him a little bit and ask him some questions. And, and in that conversation, I don't remember exactly how the conversation went. But in the conversation, he, he, kind of, he was talking about all of this. And he, he said to me, and he kind of pointed around. He said, do you see all these people? Yeah, yeah. And, and do, you see, do you see how... Do you see their smiles? Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you hear them laughing? Yeah. Do you see how, they're enjoy, like, how their life is full and rich? And Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was. It was these, these, were, these were people in a jungle tribe, but they were smiling and they were laughing and they were interacting and there was, there was life. He said, a little over 20 years when we got here, you would have seen no smile you would have heard no laughter. Everybody was always looking over their shoulder, trying to paranoid about somebody coming to get them or something coming to get them. There was angst and there was fear and there was bitterness and there was anger everywhere. What happened? These people realized Jesus was their savior. That's it. They realized Jesus had come to save. 
to save them from, from this anger, to save them from this bitterness, to save them from their wrongs, to save them from a life of trying forever to make sufficient sacrifices so that the evil spirits would leave them alone. Jesus came to save them from all of that. And, and, and the natural result of coming to understand that Jesus is Savior was the fact that joy welled up from within them, this joy that couldn't be contained. But they understood, and sometimes I'm so thankful for where I grew up. Grew up. I'm so thankful. And yet I wonder sometimes if I, if, if, if I, because of where I've grown up, if I'm missing out a little bit on this big picture. Because I don't, I have always been able to understand, I believe for the most part, been able to understand and grasp that Jesus, Jesus is Savior. Yeah, 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 of course, of course. Yeah, Jesus saved me from my sin. La, da, da, da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I really get it that he is Savior? That he, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. Somebody that came to take care of the dilemma and the problem that our world has. The sin problem and the anger problem and the forgiveness problem and the death problem. Jesus came as, as Savior for all of that. It's amazing. And so I, I feel like in order to... In order to Understand, joy needs to help us, or joy does help us to understand the big picture. Savior. Jesus came as Savior to bring full, abundant life forever. Something the world cannot give you. We need to understand he is, he is Savior. So the shepherds hear this good news of great joy. They quickly decide that they are going to Go and see. They, they don't just want to hear this. They want to experience this. They, <coughs> excuse me again. They want to really, really get it. And so they decide they're going to go together. And they're going to go and they're going to see. And, and so they do. They, they get whatever they need to do. Make their quick preparations. And then they head on down to the town. And they want to see this baby that has been born. They want to see this good news of great joy. And so these shepherds men who were often looked down on, men who were often rather crude and vulgar and dirty, they see. They see the baby, and then they quietly go back to the hills. No, they don't. Um, they do go back. I'll get to that in a minute. But on their way back, they tell people. They speak to people. They say what they've seen and what they've heard. And people are looking and saying, this doesn't quite make sense. These people are not the priestly ones. In fact, they are quite the opposite. They are really, really not the spiritual ones that should be saying these kinds of things. But out of nowhere, these guys are running around. Hey, have you heard? Guess what we witnessed tonight? Did you know? You will never guess what happened. God's promise has been fulfilled. It's true. You need to go and see what we just saw. Yes, right over there. You will be amazed. Just go, go, see. And out of nowhere, these ordinary men begin, and they can't help it because they heard the great joy news, and they went and they checked it out, and they experienced it, and after experiencing it, they couldn't help but tell other people about it. And the fourth statement I want to make is, true joy has to express itself. Um, the we could actually also have said that uh, with, with, the, with John, the baby John and Elizabeth's womb. True joy has to express itself. You know, that, that baby leaped. We don't all feel like leaping all the time. Some of us can't really leap anymore. But, 
But true joy somehow expresses itself. It needs to come out somehow. And so it's through a smile. It's through your facial expression. It's through your, your words that you speak. It's through your, um, your uh, gestures. It's through the way that you go about life. The way you communicate with other people. But true joy has to come out. It cannot stay on the inside. It's a characteristic of joy. It bubbles. You know, it, it, uh, joy, joy, joy. With joy my heart is ringing and, uh, and then there's some other song there about bubbling and, and it's, it, it just has to come out. Joy has to, true joy has to express itself. And so these, these shepherds, they, they, they have to speak and they have to say what they've seen. They have to somehow let people know and, and the shepherds do stuff that's completely out of character in order to express the joy that they're feeling on the inside. God is not asking all of us to become teachers and preachers. God is just asking that you allow the joy to come out. I don't know how it's going to come out. Let the joy come out. In the middle of this part of the story about the shepherds and the shepherds allowing joy to express itself, there's a very unique little nugget that I want to point to as we close for this morning. In Luke chapter 2 verse 20 it says, The shepherds... Returned. That's how it's going to be in your NIV if you have one in the New Living Translation, which, by the way, I'm enjoying more and more as we uh, as I study. It says they went back. The shepherds went back to the same sheep, to the same hillside, to the same cold, dark nights, to the same job, to the same company of workers, back to the same dirt and poop. They returned. And I love that. They did not become professional missionaries or preachers or Bible school profs. They returned to their same old world. But it says the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard. See, it's not about making a dramatic change of vocation or a change of location. It's not about your world becoming a good place or a perfect place. It's about your heart being in a good place. I'm so glad this verse was added to the story because it makes it so abundantly clear that your physical circumstances do not dictate the level of joy in your heart. Oh, I got to get out of this situation. I got to change jobs. I've got to make more money. I've got to go on a holiday. I've got to get out of this relationship. We've got to move into a different house. We've got to go to a different church. We need to move to a different town. Stop, stop, stop. What you need, my friend, is to meet Jesus. The only source of true joy and peace. I don't know how else to say it. Is there joy at Christmas? Absolutely. But it is not where we often think we will find it. Just as it was not where the people back then thought they would find it. Nobody thought back then... The true joy was going to be found in a little small stable in the manger of cows and sheep and donkeys. But it was. Few people truly believe today that true joy is to be found at the foot of the cross. Where you lay down yourself and all of who you are, the good and the bad and the ugly, 
your wishes and dreams and pursuits, lay it down. Your sins and hurts and pain and imperfections, lay it down. Your insecurities and your fear, lay it down. And then allow God's message of great joy for all people to flood over you. Because, friends, joy is your home. Amen.